0: to Chassa Television Podcast season twelve, Peaks Chats the Return. My name is Magellan and riding with them just might save my ass. It's Alan
1: You know I don't always consider myself a savior type. And in this case, I still don't because I don't want to be associated <laughs> with the character in reference today. But thank you, Magellan, regardless. I'm always happy to be here and save you.
0: From you don't want to be associated with the, the beacon of good and light that is uh, an agent of the FBI? What's, what's, come on. Not this anyway, time. Anyway, <laughs> not this time. <laughs> uh, and joining us for this episode, and our entire coverage of The Return, once we pod, it can all be different. It's Ryan.
2: My name is Ryan, and this here is me destiny.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> series of unrelated events brought you to this exact episode right here, and you're going to right. punch us incessantly. Yep. <laughs> Great. Is this episode
1: uh, a backdoor pilot for the Glover TV show?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I love
1: the Glover. Classic N64 platformer Glover. Finds itself in a powerful form of use here in Twin Peaks The Return.
0: Yeah. Finally, the Glover spinoff we were all waiting for. Mm -hmm. This week on Peaks Chats, it's going to be a little different. Probably you're going to get two episodes this week uh, because we watched two episodes of Twin Peaks The Return, which aired together on the same night, parts 17 and 18. You know what you're listening to right now, and you can see how long it is, so you're either hearing an episode on Part 17 alone, which is probably the case, or on both. Um, And if you're just listening to Part 17, in a couple days you'll get the Part 18 uh, second half of this season series finale discussion, Uh, but I'll introduce both. So this week we watched Part 17, which has the tagline, The Past Dictates the Future, and Part 18, which has the tagline, What is Your Name?, both of which were directed by David Lynch, written by Mark Frost and David Lynch, and both aired together on September 3rd, 2017. So uh, we did it. We got our nice happy ending to Twin Peaks The Return. All of our characters that we love so much came together and celebrated one another's presence. And I feel really good uh, about, <laughs> about about all of that, actually. So uh, I,
2: I don't believe you. <laughs>
0: what are you, uh, are you trying to say uh, Wait are you trying to wait, Hold on where's this clip at are you trying to say Oh where's this clip Oh this one
1: We live inside a dream
3: <laughs>
2: uh, is, is that what you're uh, telling no, me right you.
0: now <laughs> No thank you uh, Listen funny.
2: I love this show And even me the first time around When this finale happened I'm like fuck this shit
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious. I'm really curious about because I kind of insulated myself from conversation about it at the time. How did you both feel in 2017 and how did people feel in the immediate aftermath of this two parter?
2: Uh Alan, you go first.
1: Yeah, I-, I remember very specifically, and this shows where my me- my critic brain was at in twenty seventeen. I was like, Okay, I think I understood what happened, but I need to read someone else's take. And I watched it live, so there simply were no takes yet. And there was this brief period that night where I could barely sleep because I was like, how am I supposed to know how I felt about this? This is not giving me yeah. clear answers. This is not giving me catharsis that I wanted. How am I supposed to feel? And, you know, meanwhile, David Lynch is, like, tiptoeing, dancing in the corner. Like, I'm entirely glad that that's exactly <laughs> the intent here. It's like, you shouldn't feel satisfied because it's not satisfying and that's fine. And I love that for it. Um, I think this is an extremely challenging pair of episodes to discuss. Uh, I think it's going to test our abilities as critics to like make coherent points here. But at the end of the day, I think it was uh, really interesting, really interesting. And I think I like a lot of it.
2: Alan, I vividly remember you texting me as you were watching the finale. <laughs> oh, and, yeah? I re- and I remember because you said, there's no fucking way that's the ending. <laughs> and then two minutes <laughs> later, you were <laughs> like,
1: fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, no way. I refuse to believe. Yeah. It just feels incongruous. You're like, this is not. And that, that sense of disappointment, dread, stress pervaded this whole two hour stretch for me. Where I was like, I know I am watching a finale to a TV show that I care about a lot and I'm rewatching it so I know where it goes but I feel like shit. I feel bad. I feel like I shouldn't have watched this. Like I feel like <laughs> it's my fault that this happened. I've somehow done something wrong and that uh-huh. feeling pervaded through the whole episode. And then Angela yeah, Battlemonty
2: right. shows up and gives you the musical equivalent of what you've been feeling.
1: Yes, and you're like, oh right. thanks. Right. Thank you Angela. I appreciate um, you. it.
2: You. Yeah. yeah, when I first saw this I didn't I had a really deep bad feeling in the pit of my stomach when it ended uh and then reflecting back on it, uh I think that as a finale, this episode these pair of episodes suck <laughs> like as a, as to the conclusion of like the show even watching for sixteen episodes. It's like a yeah. bad resolution, um, but as like the final word on Twin Peaks, and as like a thematic button on the entire Twin Peaks as a whole, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So
0: interesting. What yeah. what's the distinction for you there between those two things?
2: It just turns into a David Lynch movie, and and right. and, and 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 you get the sense that David Lynch and Mark Frost are kind of ruminating on like what does it mean to bring back Twin Peaks um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sort of challenging like audience expectations versus uh, what Twin Peaks is at its core. At its core, it's an abuse story. Right. And how do we grapple with bringing that back when it's sort of entangled in this, this, uh, the story that means that's sensitive and means a lot to, to people um, right. What does it mean to bring that back? Right. Um, and what does it mean? Why do we want Cooper back specifically? Mm-hmm. What is the mm-hmm. thing that the Cooper character wants? Uh, and why do we want that to happen? Is it a good thing that we want Cooper back? Mm. You know
1: yeah, it's for definitely. me, it's my my to to build on that. It's the television equivalent of when you're having an argument with someone and you know that you're wrong and they keep saying the same point over and over again and you're looking for different avenues to be like no but and then they start and then part 17 and 18 are them raising their voice and being like you are not listening (laughs) shut the fuck up and listen to what i'm saying i you're the reason this is happening and i'm like i all i can do is feel bad i don't know how like i can't apologize i can't get out of this hole it's a very it's such it's so bleak dude I, lo- I do love that about it though because yeah. it really is like the whole season has been like why did you want the return? Why did you want Cooper so badly? You got him. Now what do you want? <laughs> this is what he was. And it's like, oh, okay. I guess you're right. I guess I didn't think about it hard enough. I'm sorry, David and Mark. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think that the this finale like doesn't hate Cooper but is very critical of him and his actions in a way that is super interesting. Um, yeah. I also think that This is just like top tier filmmaking. Like Dave Lynch is just flexing. Like he is like he in my mind is like a master of horror where he can just make two people three people talking on a porch scary as shit. He doesn't need to do (laughs) anything else. It's a master class. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
1: Magellan, having the experience that you did, the sort of unique like having something spoiled for you but not other things. Um mm. where did you land on on this? You know, it's
0: uh it's a, a deep yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> it's a
0: deeply unpleasant finale. Like it feels bad to watch and that is that's the point. It's very it's challenging and I felt challenged by it. Um and I have a ton of respect for that. I when it ended I was thinking a lot about you know, a a lot of my thoughts on these two episodes center around this idea of the return as a a theme or a concept. And the most surface level version of that is Twin Peaks returning to television and this sort of like meta commercial sense of what it means for the show to return. And what other show or media property returns with this like goal in mind to challenge people and ask them like, why did you want this? Like every, I don't know, every remake and reunion is framed around like, Oh, it's your favorite characters and they're back and they're hanging out again. Doesn't it feel so good? And you can sort of say like, yeah, it feels kind of weird, but sure. I'll pretend that it feels good. And, uh, I just have a lot of respect for the way that the return, you know, it still enjoys those things and has its moments where it's nostalgic but overall is looking us in the face and being like you have a really weird relationship with television where you expect this sort of like happy-go-lucky rosy reunion of characters that is like totally disconnected from narrative logic um so so that worked for me uh but it also was not fun. <laughs> it was like really uncomfortable to experience, I think. Yeah.
2: Also worth noting like the return is a subtitle that Showtime gave it. Um interesting. Huh. The name that Mark Frost and David Lynch is just to them is just Twin Peaks.
1: hmm Yeah, on IMDb yeah. it's listed as Twin Peaks and then the year happens to be 2017. You have to
2: That's fascinating. Like all, the Blu-ray says Twin Peaks a limited event series.
1: Mhm. Huh. It's
2: just titled Twin Peaks, which is, like, right. interesting to me.
1: That's why when, That's why I don't refer to it as, like, Twin Peaks Season 3. Because it is, like, a sort of deliberate inversion of what you've expected. And is full of all of the, like, classic cinematic parallel techniques. You know? How does mirroring work? How does match cutting work? It's just like, like you're saying, Ryan, it's a Film School 101 version of, like, how do you tell the same story again, but reframe it and make it mean something different or feel something different? Uh because this is all stuff we've seen before. Uh, there's a hilarious, hilarious classic interview from, uh, I believe around the time that the episode aired, uh, on entertainment weekly, uh, called talking to David Lynch about twin Peaks: the return. Um, and something I do love about that, that interview where, where Darren Franich is trying to talk to Lynch and ask for answers. And of course, Lynch is just like, no, like the most famous part of that is when he asks, um, about Billy and, uh, the quote <laughs> in the interview is mm-hmm. uh lynch it's like as lynch saying this laughs and then does not answer uh he, refuses, <laughs> he says quick follow-up question what is the story with billy and then lynch says laughs does not answer um but in that he makes the point that like twin peaks season one ended with cooper in a bad place click twin peaks season two ended with cooper in a bad place twin peaks the return ends with cooper in a bad place again like it isn't that different and yeah. yet it yeah. feels different right. In yeah this is.
2: feel yeah and this feels so final mm. this just feels like this is the 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 period on Twin Peaks um I remember Mark Frost before this finale aired <laughs> he, he did like a thank you post to the fanties like to everybody who wanted Twin Peaks to come back thank you like you're the reason this exists like we couldn't done it without you and then everybody watches the finale and we're just like, fuck off, dude.
0: It's <laughs> Come on. Hope you like it.
1: Yeah, it's it's why it's always funny to me when people are like, but but they should do a season four, right? And it's like, well, first of all <laughs> No. It's not season, no. Second of all, it's not even a season three. So what's there to make a season four about? Third of all, no, once again. Um I think Lynch wants to continue making movies in some capacity. He's done a lot of different cinematic projects since this, but like this feels like it's going to be his best TV work for probably the rest of his career. I don't see how you like level beyond this, <laughs> honestly. I,
2: and this this is just so I can't believe this was shot at once. Yeah.
3: Cuz even yeah. watching
2: like some of the behind the scenes stuff and I'm like damn, like I'm a good man woman like was the same show <laughs> like all uh, of right. these I characters just like the like, show. Yeah, I just Spike like tried to kill Cooper and this was like not too long ago. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's right. weird.
1: And for them filming it it's even closer together. So It's, it's such like... a big
2: ambitious thing uh to film all at once.
1: There are, there are imperfect moments in these episodes where I felt like especially in 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 17 i'd say where it's like okay i can see how the actors had to be like okay who am i right now what state is my character in am i back am i not back like the character development doesn't always feel perfectly linear but i think that contributes to the sense that like this these episodes feel a little bit out of time so in some ways literally in some ways not um Mm -hmm. but i'd love to drill down into part 17 if y'all are interested in doing that yeah, let's do it.
2: I guess we can. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: suppose. I'm me telling Ryan, you have to talk about Twin Peaks. Ryan going, I mean, <laughs> I guess <laughs> if I must. If I must. Bluest Rose four three zero on Twitter says, I hate Twin Peaks. Uh, Gordon opens this fantastic episode, uh, making a toast to the bureau, and uh, he making
2: a dick making a dick
0: joke. <laughs> yep, I have it right here. Actually, I couldn't do it. You've gone soft
3: in your old age. What? I said you've gone soft in your old
0: age. Not where it counts, buddy. Effortless. <laughs> it's just like so low-key about it. It's hilarious. Yeah. Not it's where like, it counts, buddy. Um,
1: he also me, watching
2: this- the, me watching this was like, did he put that there on purpose because he knew that this finale was going to devastate everybody? Yeah,
1: he wants something light <laughs> to open it up. I think so. All right. a bit. <laughs>
0: this joke's going to carry you through the whole the whole thing.
1: My favorite part of the scene is when he says, now listen to me, and spends like 15 seconds just staring at Tammy <laughs> and Albert before saying anything. like just. And, he,
2: and and he's like, I'm about to wreck on the shit out of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to
1: undo everything you freaking knew, dude. He reveals to them that for 25 years before his disappearance, Major Briggs shared with him and Cooper a discovery about an entity. Uh, that goes by, in some cultures, Jow Day, which over time uh, the word corrupted and became Judy, which is a name we've heard a million times, and Philip Jeffries was aware of this person, so Cooper told Gordon to try and find him if he disappeared. Uh, he also reveals that Ray Monroe was an informant, and was the person who told the, them that the doppelganger of Cooper was looking for coordinates. Mm-hmm. How do we um, feel about raving being an, uh, an informant? <laughs> I mean, well, first
2: fuckery. of all, yeah, fucker Ray, yeah. um, Gordon also says that Cooper knew about Judy, was planning to do something about Judy, and that he was going to kill two birds with one stone. Right,
0: right.
1: Super it, ominous when you don't know what that means yet.
0: It's our first indication that maybe being in the Lodge there's a doppelganger is something that Cooper fully understood was a possibility and is maybe even part of the plan and it's like wait what 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 are you trying to do what are the two birds you're trying to kill here uh which when i heard that line i was like oh god here we go uh i think this recon sucks why is that? I th- it makes season the end of season two not make as much sense to me. Exactly. It, exactly. It just doesn't make any
2: sense that Cooper would be would know who Judy was twenty five years ago unless this is time travel shit,
1: mm. which it could be, like it could be. But does that feel yeah. narratively satisfying? I don't. I don't think it does. Um, no, I
2: just yeah, it, that it just means he went to Twin Peaks to chase Judy, which. Doesn't make sense to me narratively. So
1: yeah, the right. Judy stuff in general is something pervading these two episodes that uh I can't. It's like looking into a void. Like if I look too deep into it, I just find nothing and I get scared. So I can't overthink mm-hmm. it because we've spent so much time being like, "Oh, Judy's a name that they've said since Firewalk with Me and Judy." This Judy that, but like, what tangibly in the episode is Judy other than a pervading evil spirit that resides in and around Sarah Connor and the Con- and uh, Sarah Sarah, Sarah Connor. Connor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sarah fun. Connor and her chronicles.
1: <laughs> Sit, damn, nice reference. Summer Glau classic. Uh, Sarah Palmer and the Palmer household. Uh, that's what Judy functionally is as of this episode. It's, it's like okay, they
2: built they built lore for it, but in the wrong direction. Like I don't want you guys to actually backfill it. I want to know what Judy means now. Right. You know.
0: Right.
1: And the only answer that feels satisfying to me is that so much of this episode is about like shoot, ju- like taking autonomy away from women and also, like, you know, evil, fundamental evil. And so, like, there is something there, but how it ties back to specifically, like, to, to make, to do this whole thing where Gordon is, like, there, you called it Jow Day, like, as if we're going to learn about the Sumerian texts or whatever, where they talk about Jow Day, and it's like, no, 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 it's not that. It's not that complicated. In the episode, it's not that complicated. Uh-huh. Uh, it's just, it's implied, which I like. I think that's very, like, that's very of accord with Lynch, but, uh, you know, it's not satisfying in the way that you want like a a big reveal like that to be. And it doesn't have to be. Yeah.
0: I I think it works for me that Cooper's coming out of the black lodge, having developed whatever the plan or scheme is that he has. And it doesn't make as much sense to me that he goes into it with a sense of, I'm trying to, if the two birds are like, I don't know, kill Bob and, find jude or whatever the two birds are it's like it it didn't seem in seasons one and two like you had that developed a sense of the cosmology of twin peaks it seemed like you could tell that there was a serial killer and you could tell where it was going to happen next and you had this sort of like dream like awareness of things beyond the mortal world but uh yeah it's just a little strange
2: yeah, I also think Briggs retcon is dumb to me. Briggs was just like chilling with his wife in the last episode. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Like I like the stuff in between season one and two where like Briggs tried to like you know confide in Cooper all the weird mythological shit, and it turned out like he was too late. It was evil Cooper. Like I like that stuff. I don't like that Briggs knew what Judy was. That just doesn't match in my brain to me. Mm-hmm.
1: It also becomes this thing where all the characters, all the FBI people know about it, but we don't know about it. And so there's this disconnect where it's like, oh, yeah, we all talk about Judy all the time. We've had plans to meet her forever. And it's like, but well, what do you I feel useless here. I feel completely in the dark. <laughs> I like, thought
0: you am- didn't talk about Judy.
1: Yeah, I thought we didn't talk. Exactly. We're not supposed to talk about that. And now suddenly we're like, yeah, everyone knew we've all known this whole time. Um, it's a little it's a little bit. It's it, it's a retcon. One hundred percent.
2: Yeah, it's messy.
1: We get some comedy, though. Uh, a couple things that are really funny here. Again, Ray being an FBI informant, I just found charming. Like, yeah, of course he was. That doesn't surprise me, actually. The Agent Headley calls Gordon. Um, I love it when Gordon gets phone calls in this episode. Uh, he lets him know that they caught up with... Uh, they, we caught up with Douglas Jones. And he's like, really? He's there? And they're like, no, we found Douglas Jones, but we don't know where he is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then I, I loved... Then he puts... Uh he puts Bushnell on the phone and Bushnell delivers a message from Cooper. And my favorite laugh of this scene was when Gordon's like, who is this? And they say, and what is your name, sir? Bushnell Mullins. Lucky seven insurance. I'm his boss. Thank you, Mr. Mullins. Thank you very much. And that makes two of us. I don't know why I found that so amusing. That Gordon's like I'm his boss too, but it's <laughs> really funny to me. I like that. The, I just and yeah, the, two
1: two old men being like polite on the phone is very funny. I agree. Yeah,
0: and what a nice uh, you know send off for Bushnell there. You're I genuinely
1: had like a, I had a Mandela effect memory of Bushnell doing something with boxing. I really thought that maybe I just thought it for so long watching the original series that I thought it <laughs> happened. Like I incepted <laughs> it into my brain. It doesn't happen. Bushnell Mullins does nothing after this scene, um, but he does. He's the boxer in my heart. How about that?
2: What if Sarah Palmer was watching a Bud Mullins boxing
0: match? Whoa. Oh. <laughs>
1: Whoa! Oh, bing, 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 boy. Uh, boing boing boing! <laughs> <laughs> oh god! <laughs> um, there's also a hilarious part where here, where they they reveal that Co- they understand that Cooper is th- Dougie is Cooper. Do you have the clip want John of, du- of Gordon? Dougie is Cooper. How the hell is this? Me missing
0: the whole Good point question. of the show. How's yeah. Gordon caught so unaware by this? <laughs> like, come on, man! You know. knew that somebody was Cooper. It's funny.
1: Um, and they go down everything that's happened to Dougie, and they start searching him and realizing everything. They immediately can be—they're the FBI, and they have like all this data on the guy just with his name. Uh, I love the way that Tammy here says uh, he was caught sticking a fork into a wall socket.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty good delivery
1: yeah um and then
2: albert says that's weird even for coop
1: yeah <laughs> this, is just, this is just across the board weird appreciate you albert um yeah so now they he gordon says he knows where they're where they're headed is this where they understand about the sheriff station thing yep yeah yes so it finally starts to click for them and then we the viewer go to the sheriff's station where uh many things happen several things occur so, first of all, a couple of disconnected scenes. At the Sheriff's Department, Chad uh, sees the drunk and thinks he's asleep. He's trying to pull a key out of his shoe. The first time he tries it, it doesn't work. Uh, Nido continues to make sounds and wakes up, which uh, wakes James and Freddie up and makes J- Chad angry. Everybody's unhappy in the jail cells. Um, and then Ben Horn, who's in this show again, don't forget about Ben, uh, <laughs> has a hilarious phone call with somebody, Sergeant Williams from Jackson Hole Police who lets mm-hmm. him know that Jer- his uh, someone who claims to be his brother Jerry uh, says that quote his binoculars killed somebody, which is the funniest interpretation of Richard Horn's death. <laughs> 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 yep. Jerry looked in the binoculars wrong and he died. Um, so that's Ben. That's the end of Ben Horn. Again, I can't. Mm-hmm. Y- you can't l- like look too much into people's final scenes now because there's too many things happening. But it's really funny. And, yeah. like,
2: and you can bring, bring clothes. some clothes. He's completely naked.
0: Have a good day, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and now i have to picture jerry horn naked unfortunately and it's like oh, great guys thanks for that uh Mr. to me he's just like
2: wistfully uh dancing in the flowers yeah over wherever he's yet you
0: know? yeah
1: he's vibing
0: yeah. Uh, i think the thing that this episode has to ryan your point earlier of this is not necessarily the best finale for this season but it's a great sort of thematic addition to all the different interpretations of what Twin Peaks is about. It has a similar quality to me of the season two finale where there's just these kind of throwaway things of, yeah. And then this happened to this character. I don't know. Can just, who cares that that's resolved so that we can look at the other stuff that we think is more important. And I didn't necessarily need yeah. like a deep meditation or resolution on like Ben Horn's whole deal. But then the question is like, why did he have a whole deal? Yeah at all <laughs> if this is where it goes yeah. um, why did why did
2: Bobby have an arc where he's a cop and then he just doesn't do anything
0: right right it's just like nobody really has a nobody has like a complete arc which isn't really what the show's about but then I don't know it's just strange because it's like it's Hawk a TV show puts together that, that there's two Coopers and, and then he looks at <laughs> evil Cooper and he's like that's Cooper
2: I'm like bro What?
1: What are you saying? You missed it five
2: episodes ago. You had this in the bag.
0: It's so funny. They spent all this time getting Hawk to figure it out, and then they're like, "Uh, but he's late to the room, so (laughs) and he doesn't know anything."
2: It's so (laughs) bad. Yeah.
0: It's so bad.
1: Yeah. Right at the last part of the sprint, they do Michael Horace dirty a little bit here, and they're just like, "Uh, he's not the one we want to figure this out, so he can't do anything right now." It's like and they, they brought every yeah. actor there, but none of them can do anything until the right person, until Cooper's there. Uh, so there's like a long period where they're all just like standing around the body, uh, right? let's let's
2: get there, let's get there, let's get, let's there. get there, let's get there. <laughs> yeah, so the dopp- I'm that yeah, let's get there. That's where all the cool stuff happens <laughs> in
1: this episode. The doppelganger reaches the woods and arrives at the coordinates. He sees some curtains. He sees Glastonbury Grove or something. It's pretty cool. There's a portal above him. Uh, it's it's Jack Rabbit's Palace. Jack Rabbit's Palace. Excuse me, I didn't see the yeah. tree. Yeah. Uh, we return to the fireman's home and now we have two big heads here we have the Briggs head uh-huh. on the right which is fine and then on the left we have copper's oh, head gosh. which is caged inside of something i have nothing mm-hmm. to say about this other than it looks kind of funny it's, uh,
2: i think it's really stupid i, I, do I <laughs> had nothing but vitriol for the first half hour of this episode
0: <laughs> watching it <laughs>
2: I'm like, why does the giant, like, swipe, like, an iPad away <laughs> from Laura's house to the sheriff's station? It's so stupid. Yeah.
0: Electricity.
2: Why does the Briggs head look like that? You couldn't get a better looking head for right. Briggs? Right. For it's Major good. Briggs? Come yeah, on. You have,
1: you have plenty of shots of that actor. You could have. Yeah, it's bad um it just makes me think like all these times that we've not on this podcast made any huge efforts to quote-unquote solve the show because we know that there's nothing to solve but for this episode to finally be like dude stop stop looking for answers it's nothing it's a head it's a head in front of a guy's bell or whatever like there's no answer here for you um there's something like uh, cathartic about that um but nido what do you mean well so i mean like there are answers in like the part 18 stuff but also like sometimes the stuff that you're seeing here with with Breaks his head being there and Cooper caged up is like Im- I, some of it is imagery for the sake of imagery I feel like
2: I mean it, the the functional narrative of the scene is getting Batcoop Coop away from the Palmer house and into the sheriff's station where stuff is destined to happen right
1: yeah but why is Breaks his head there
2: because he knew about he like has he fucking has a partnership with the giant and he was at the coordinates that uh, Shaggy went to, and and he went up into the fireman's place after that happened. But that because is... the because this is like his head. This is he. We found the body, and his head is with the fireman.
1: But that even more like underlines my point, which is like there's nothing symbolic about this. It just is Briggs there. Like...
2: Yes. Remember at the beginning of the season where there was just like. Uh, Briggs' fingerprints that has popped up throughout time mm-hmm. uh-huh. doesn't matter,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> right? At all,
0: right?
1: Um, but yeah, we uh, Night is not thrilled about Mr. C arriving there. It's really funny and also really, really frustrating that Mr. C arrives at the sheriff's station and Andy is the first one to see him and he's just completely oblivious. He's just like, Agent Cooper, that's you. Hello, it's Andy. so it's me. stupid, dude. I'm, Nobody I,
2: says anything. Oh
0: my god! I kind of liked it, just because seeing seeing Kyle McLaughlin playing Bad Cooper in playing the sheriff Cooper. station was really like, I don't know that that like really I, worked for me for some reason.
2: I I yeah I don't disagree, but the fact that no there's not even one line that is like you look a little bit different, Agent Cooper. Right, like right. anything, any indication.
0: Yeah,
1: just that like, yeah, frustrated me. Like, yeah, like
0: yeah. well, you grew your hair out in a way that's a choice. I see.
1: And you're really tan, and you have like a you. Your fashion You've got huge
0: pupils now. That's yeah. something.
1: Anyways, come back. Come on inside. <laughs> uh, and then you have to know that it's your it's for your first clue that he's actually not Cooper because he doesn't want coffee. Um, I
0: have that clip. It's pretty creepy. You like a yeah. cup of coffee? No thanks, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah, and just
1: like listening to, like you said, Majon, listening to Kyle MacLachlan play Mister C playing Cooper, and like, all it's it almost uncanny, but it's not really that good. Like he just can't be, like friendly the way that Cooper mm-hmm. is, um, but right. he is Cooper. So it's like there's you see something in there. It's a it's kind of surreal in the right way, um, and so Andy sees that guy. It sees. They come inside. Uh, Chad finds a key in his shoe and attempts to, <laughs> he attempts to freaking, Fucking
0: uh... Chad, man. He he attempts to... to try to kill Andy or try to yeah. shoot him. Calls him um, a mean name.
2: Yeah, we get, yeah, we get, cause, uh, Andy's looking for Hawk. And before this, like, Andy is like super psyched that Cooper's here. And then you see his smile, like, slowly fade away as he's realizing what's going on um and he goes to look for hawk the best part of when...
1: that is when he points to lucy and goes very important very important very important yep. Does it twice <laughs> yes it's good like what am i yeah supposed
0: to it, say to it's that? it's kind of funny that andy got the whole download from the firemen with the very clear image of bad cooper next to good cooper and he's like oh man cooper's here what's up buddy i totally forgot about the <laughs> all of the like lore that i got dumped into my brain well
1: because i think it was it was delivered to him as if it was in a dream so it's like not in his conscious memory but he has yeah. to like dig into his head a little bit and go oh mm-hmm. shit i did, oh, totally yeah. thought i thought that yeah it's sense.
2: like the thing with lucy is the thing that triggers him right where he remembers mm. that she, he was supposed to like bring lucy somewhere mm-hmm. right is what triggers his memory of the whole thing
3: yeah
1: uh but Chad tries to to shoot Andy unsuccessfully because Freddy punches open his jail cell and knocks out Chad. That's the end of Chad. He's done. <laughs> good. Good. Meanwhile, the <laughs> drunk man pulls his bandages off and like pokes his wounds while yelling, which like Oh
2: yeah. Oof.
1: Gross. Really gross. Yeah. Thanks guys. I appreciate that. Moment. Mm-hmm. Then, the wildest thing ever happened. Several things happen at once. Cooper, the real Cooper, the actual Agent Dale Cooper He's still on his way here booking it with the Mitchum brothers and he calls Truman but not our Truman but the other Truman. Oh
2: my god. <laughs> Please tell me you have this clip.
0: I have the one where it's hit the good version of coffee reaction. Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm talking about the phone call. This is what I have. Just entering Twin Peak City limits. Is the coffee on? That's what I have.
2: <laughs> Love that. <laughs> before that before that he says "Harry, it's Coop." Uh, And I'm like, oh my god! He was also expecting Harry to be there. That's uh, the shippers are fed. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it's the first person he looks for. I'm. I I was happy to hear that again. I felt it in my bones. Because you just no, you haven't touched the the Harry Truman and Cooper relationship in this whole series in this this season, whatever. So finally, to have it just acknowledged, you're like, thank you. Oh my god! And like, it's his
0: and it's his first instinct.
1: Yeah was the first person you call yeah. of course
0: it it's also interesting to me that cooper cooper knows that freddy's there to punch the bob orb into smithereens and he knows what happened to diane and he knows all this stuff and he's like i'm not sure what's up with harry but i bet he's there <laughs> it's like no man and he's not there
1: frank truman has this incredible moment where he is on the phone with the real cooper while staring at the <laughs> other cooper and he's just like uh i'm you're what's going on and the doppelganger realizes realizes this draws his gun what i understand happens here though is that <laughs> the doppelganger shoots him and hits his hat his hat his
2: hat yeah mm-hmm.
1: a <laughs> mm-hmm. boing like it's a freaking cartoon western yeah and then the goat the number one herself let's go lucy's the one who shoots mr c in the fucking incredible act, killing incredible. him instantly Amazing. But you know, killing part one of six times he dies here.
2: (laughs) Remember ten episodes ago where Lucy didn't know how cell phones work?
0: Now she knows how guns work.
1: She also (laughs) (laughs) says That's the next level. She even says I finally figured out how cell phones work. I think she says that in this episode. Yep. Not something
0: Uh, I expected to pay off, but here we are. But here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Thanks, Mark.
1: We've unleashed something evil by shooting this body once again. And Cooper arrives, the uh, agent Cooper arrives just in time to see the woodsman do their whole episode eight thing where they pull him open and cut him up and all that good stuff. And what comes out of Mr. C's stomach, but what we've seen before, which is the Bob ball, the Bob orb. It's an orb with Frank Silva's face imposed on it. It looks really goofy. Um, this, I, I have a theory. I have a theory. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is everything that's about to happen? Not real. Is any of this real?
0: Where do you think the real starts and stops?
1: I think it stops when Mr. C arrives. I don't know. This just feels so incongruous. And the only way it circles in my head or it squares in my head, whatever, is by saying, like, well, none of this is happening. Like, this is what Cooper wants to happen. It's like a young go getter takes over for me and takes and finally gets rid of Bob once and for all. But like, what mm-hmm. the fuck is the, it's the way it happens
2: right but then but then you'd have to say that none of the episode is real then
1: (laughs) it's i mean right it's the like film theory thing of like well if this scene didn't happen or if this was all a dream then the whole movie was a dream and nothing is real like drawing the line Uh, is not productive here but i did feel like sense of lack of reality here
0: well but i think that's i think what's interesting about you saying that is that the episode makes a very clear delineation when it puts the translucent Cooper face on the screen and he stares you into your soul. And then he says, (laughs) we live inside a dream. And that stuff happens after the Bob Ball stuff. Yeah, And so, like, to me, I hear what you're saying, Alan, and agree that the Bob Ball stuff is as, like, weirdly good guys are winning as the sort of celebratory the gang's all here kind of moment uh but for some reason the show is picking the gang's all here moment to inject this like pervasive creepy unreality visual component and i i wonder why that distinction is made at that at that time but that's what the episode is is doing
1: yeah the Bob Ball comes out, and Freddy realizes it's his time to shine, and engages in a one v one battle, Street Fighter style, with the Bob Ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says the line that Ryan referenced earlier. Absolutely hilarious. Uh, I'm I
2: choose. I, I, I choose to think the Bob Ball isn't real because it's terrible filmmaking. Yeah, it
1: is. <laughs> I mean, it's just like shaky cam and CG. Like it's all the most annoying to look at things. Also. Um, But he says, I'm Freddy and this is me, Destiny, and then punches the Bob Ball uh, multiple times. It gets up out of a, like, circle of fire in the ground and then rises up again and goes, and then he punches it again and again and again until it explodes into pieces. And... But I laughed because there was still an hour and 30 minutes left of Twin Peaks after we killed Bob. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, person, <laughs> the person who, like, on paper kind of, it wasn't, well, you know, the person who was inside of Leland when, when he killed Laura Palmer is dead in, like, the first 30 yeah. minutes, and now- The main
2: antagonist of the original series. Right.
1: And it's like, now let's go on the adventure. Like, n- that's just so smart to me and so fascinating. And it's it tells like... you, about, like, this didn't matter. This never mattered. <laughs>
2: Mm -hmm. But it also, it just, I hate this. I was into this stuff when I first watched it. But, like, watching it this time, I was just like, this just feels disrespectful Mm -hmm. to the memory of Frank Silva to me. Mm -hmm. Is to have this video game boss battle play out. Mm -hmm. And Bob, like, says his catchphrase before he dies. And that's like, well... Couldn't we like get together to do something more interesting? I don't know.
1: Mm. It's an aw- it's an odd, aw- very, very odd choice. Also, that's
2: Cooper why. didn't didn't need to be there. Yeah, Freddy knows his destiny. He just yeah, yeah. goes,
1: "Freddy, go do it."
3: Yeah, he just said,
2: "Freddy, good job, Freddy. That's it. <laughs> Punch him." <laughs> Freddy. Cooper didn't have shit to do his shit. Yeah, he puts the ring on him. He puts I guess, the ring on him. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. I
1: don't know. Um, I
0: hate. I don't like this at all. Yeah, it's it's strange. It it's all strange because also it's. uh, I don't know. It it, Cooper's clearly in on like a plan that he cooked up with Mike and the fireman or something like that, where they're sitting around in the red room saying, "Okay, so Freddie's gonna have a garden glove and he's gonna be there, and you got to tell him to punch Bob, and then Bob, and it's like, why, guys? Why is this the plan?" Uh, Major Briggs just knew it all, man. Right. <laughs> he <laughs> right. knew that you were gonna have the
2: key. He just knew it. And here's Gordon, right on time, because the FBI's fucking stupid and is late to everything. Yeah. <laughs> right on time. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Right. Uh, the funniest part here is that I believe it's uh, Bradley Mitchum who says, "One for the grandkids."
3: <laughs>
2: it's a good <laughs> thing we brought so many sandwiches. <laughs> and yeah. also,
1: yes. Candy getting to meet Cooper is so good and makes me really happy. She have to bring him sandwiches.
2: I like Candy says this, and Cooper just looks at her and nods.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that the Mitchums are here, and uh, they're like took the fucking words right out of my mouth. They're both just talking so much about how they don't know what to say. <laughs> cool, cool guys, it's so funny. Welcome well to the said. party. Yeah, and at this point, the Cooper face is on the screen. Yeah, and so this is a
1: really important or like yeah. memorable part of this is uh there's a base level of what's happening and there's a meta textual level and the base level is like Cooper well what is the base level? What do we think it is? Like, the base level
2: out? is the gang's all year. Cooper is confident in his plan, whatever it is, it's and working. he hopes he yeah. can see he hopes he can get to see everybody again soon. Um, but you know, some things will change. The past dictates the future.
0: Yeah, he reunites with Diane, who was we actually Nido. Get to meet with
1: yeah, and then
0: what? wait, don't something... no,
1: don't don't walk past that. <laughs> Diane
0: yeah, is who Nido. Was right, twenty five
2: and... years later. Do you know what's still relevant? A white actress playing an Asian
0: person. Jeez, you're right. Bing oh, bong. you're so right. Bing bong. And we just have to put nido in the red room to crack her open and diane's inside hello and she has a red wig on because she's different than the than the tulpa okay. i love
2: when an asian woman is a frappache
0: egg awesome it's all great <laughs> good work everybody i hate it yeah it sucks. so bad <laughs> it sucks and then like okay it turns out the difference between the Tulpa and the real Diane is that real Diane is like very demure <laughs> and like, yeah. hi Cooper. Oh, it's so good to see you. Hey. It's like, wait, who, who are you? You're not the same. everybody of... just like looks at them making out. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> they like passionately weird. make out for a minute straight. Yeah. I love seeing Laura Dern play a different version of Diane. I just yeah. don't think that, like when I close my eyes and think about who Diane is, this one is not characterized. Like you said, my it's just like she's friendly and smiles a little bit and like does what Cooper says, uh, yeah. which you know mm-hmm. works for him. But I'm like, this is the Diane that we've been building up and like since the original, since the pilot, and yeah. now we're finally really truly meeting her. And she has a red wig and she's kind of nice and <laughs> she makes yeah. out with well, him a bunch. Like, what? And I,
0: I think that's kind of like that kind of works for me in the sense that from this point forward we're living in dale cooper's world for yeah. for worse i was gonna say for better or for worse but it's for worse i, I think yeah. um mm-hmm. and like this is the diane that that he would choose or want i mean she essentially acts pretty similar to to how annie um in the sense where <laughs> it's like oh you know doe eyes what's up um, um i yeah. my went defense of that would be this
2: is only a case in part 17 their relationship is completely different in eighteen. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's much more complex in eighteen. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true.
1: The metatextual level, by the way, of Cooper's eyes, seriously lingering on like all of this. Like Bobby getting there, the FBI getting there, all of this is yeah. something It's
2: it's it is as if he is staring at what is happening. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: it's and it's us watching it, right? It's a it's a yeah. person watching it and being like, Here's what I want to happen in front of me. I'm watching it. Like it's Yeah. That classic tweet of, like, when you look at your, your phone and the screen turns black and you see your face. It's exactly mm-hmm. that. Yeah.
2: It's, like, it is the first sign that we get in this finale that, like, something is very wrong. Wrong.
1: Yeah, right. You're watching this and it's not happening the way it was intended to, maybe.
2: Uh, and, you know, Coop, we played it earlier, but Koofer says we live inside a dream. and mm-hmm. That's when you know it's gonna be fucked, because we only know... One other character who says that, and he is a tea kettle, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That feeling, Gwen, you're a tea kettle. Um, From here, he does say, I hope to see everybody again, so we have this understanding of, like, this is the end of the rest of the cast. This is going to become the Cooper and Diane show. But uh, Hmm. they take Gordon with them briefly as they walk through the darkness. Incredible shot here.
2: Oh, I also love when this... setting fades you know uh cooper yells for gordon mm-hmm. which is super charming yeah to me.
1: don't forget gordon i need you here too um and the three of them go to through the the great northern hotels furnace room following the sound that we've been hearing about this whole time is it is it josie is it something the answer is so much more boring it is just the place that they need to go next um mm-hmm. not boring but just like it's not a spirit. It's just like it was a guide. It was an answer. It's a thing you've been looking for all the time is that sound. Uh, listen to the sounds, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And uh, Cooper's
0: room key opens the door just because it's from the show, I guess. that, that Yeah. Happens. It's
2: yeah. just some Twin Peaks otherworldly bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but it's worth it to me, in my opinion, because we get Mike. Talking forward.
1: Yeah, and then we get to hear, we hear Mike talking forward, which is buck wild.
2: And I'm like, let's go, Firewalk movie poem. Hell yeah!
0: Is this this is the same Firewalking poem, yes. or are the words different? Mm-hmm. Nope, same one.
1: Oh. I had the same thought. I wasn't sure if the words were slightly different, but no, it's yeah. I looked it up. Nope, it is it's the
0: same one. Part.
2: And I'm like, hell yeah, let's go, Mike.
1: And uh, he hasn't
2: he hasn't talked forward all season. I'm glad he he looks so happy reciting this poem. Right. Uh yeah. it's, it's just cool to me.
1: They're letting the actor say the line again, you know, which is actually a good a cool thing here. Uh Astral gets his work. But um Well it's also
0: here. like uh he says through the darkness of future past, like now that line Yeah, it has a new meaning. Has a it has a new me. I thought that was so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh my god, I've never really yeah. thought about the Fire Walk With Me poem. Yeah, that's great. Yeah,
1: There's several moments from here going forward where I go, wait, did they know? No, they didn't. Know. Could they? But they knew. And like over and over again thinking that, even though I know they didn't know because the poem totally feels like it's it's conveniently appropriate. Uh, he transports Cooper to the convenience store and they reach the Dutchman's and meet with Jeffries and have a very weird conversation with the tea kettle of Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks him to find a very specific date Uh, Which is February 23rd, 1989, the night that Laura Palmer was killed, if you're paying attention Uh, at home.
2: uh, And then I wrote down what Jeffrey says after this. Oh, perfect. I'll just read it. After Cooper says the date, he says, I'll find it for you. It's slippery in here. It's good to see you again, Cooper. Say hello to Gordon if you see him. He'll remember the unofficial version. This is where you'll find Judy. There may be someone. Did you ask me this? Uh, And then he pulls out the alcave thing, and it turns into the affinity symbol. Yeah. And he says, "There it is. You can go in now, Cooper. Remember."
1: What do we? we And then Mike goes. And then
2: Mike "Electricity."
1: electricity.
0: Yeah. Okay. There are a couple things I'm pulling out of that that I want to try to observe, and I'm curious about y'all's thoughts. So Gordon is going to remember the unofficial version. Yeah. We go into part 18 and it seems like we've entered a new reality. And so somehow Gordon is also going to share Cooper's awareness of whatever the previous reality was. We don't see that paid off in part 18. So I'm left to wonder what the significance of that is does that have something to do with the fact that Gordon is literally David Lynch? I don't know. I'm sure we could talk a lot about that in part 18. I was really disturbed by the fact that Mike is saying electricity and it's the owl cave symbol turning into the infinity sign because it's like textually Cooper is using these forces that we've associated with like, I don't know, evil or just like, the kind of scary otherworldliness and employing those things to go forth on whatever his mission is. And it's kind of like, okay, Cooper, I don't know why you're so happily using electricity and machines and manipulating these symbols. And Mm. then the last thing that I'm wondering is he says, this is where you'll find Judy as if that's part of the goal. right? And it's, what's going on is that what cooper wants to do he wants to find judy isn't that what doppel cooper wanted to do uh aren't you trying it's not even like this is how you'll stop judy or this is it's this is where you'll find judy i
2: think the difference here is good coop wants to kill judy i think i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. that's the plan yeah um i think i think evil coop wants to reunite with judy to get more to to level up i guess uh-huh. i don't know those are the two <laughs> distinctions in my head for whatever reason gotcha i don't know Um, but i think it's i think it's interesting that they're effectively the same thing
0: right and it's what is it that cooper does in the rest of this episode, that is him trying to find and defeat Judy. You know what I mean? I don't He's know. Going back it's, to the house. Or does he know that that's where Judy... He doesn't go back to the house.
1: At, at the end of Part 18, aren't they back in front of the house? At the end of
0: Part well, 18. But we're talking
2: about the time travel part. Like no, It seems
0: uh, like the past February 23rd, 1989, Philip Jeffries is saying, this is where you'll find Judy. Yeah,
1: I understood that as Judy manifested herself, itself, themselves as in the moment when Laura was murdered. And if you can return to that scene, then you can find the spirit.
0: I see. So maybe in that case, it seems like Cooper and Philip Jeffries share a misunderstanding about like what Judy is and how to stop it, because clearly they were not victorious in that i'm not
1: sure but this is what's so juicy about these episodes is like all of these readings feel completely right like for me part of the reading was they misunderstand it they think that saving laura is how you quote unquote defeat judy but in actuality she's been with sarah all along because she persisted and it's like he doesn't even address that and then it realizes in the last moment oh fuck and we can talk about that when we talk about part 18 but like you could read this entirely differently and also be right it's all right
2: but I think in this moment here, it's like, we're, when Cooper travels back in time to Firewalk with me, we're meant to go, oh, shit. Um, I think the Judy line is like, you can find Judy in this era. Like, Judy is somewhere in this timeline, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. would be my interpretation of it. I see because this is markedly mark like this is like functionally this the next sequence uh is different from trying to defeat judy i mean yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. but he's not confronting judy in this moment he's trying to get laura because she has the special special juice
0: uh-huh she's a golden orbed person she's
2: a gordon old gordon old, gordon yeah gordon orb
0: <laughs> there should have been a gordon orb forget anyway. the bob orb where's the gordon orb um but yeah i don't know yeah
1: i also felt a pin in my stomach by the way when the owl cave symbol turned into two timings and then an eight i was like oh god it's always been like that hasn't it no no time it's all Again, one of those, like, do they know? They can't have known. This is just a goofy graphical thing. But, like, wow, this is interesting. Um, so, anyways, we are extremely in Firewalk with me archival footage time now. Uh, <laughs> there's an ex... Uh, how do we feel about the Cooper being in the woods recon? One of the most controversial retcons of the series.
2: I don't read it as a retcon.
1: It's, it's more an answer that we didn't think we needed. I think
2: I don't even read it as an answer. I think it's a coincidence because in that moment, Laura is screaming because she is thinking about James being killed by Leland. Yeah. Um, and I think they just, it's a fun coincidence that she looks into Cooper just happens to be there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The way that they deftly handle archival footage mixed with new footage here is incredible. Um, uh-huh. you could be led to believe that this was all like filmed, somehow together or something or what parts of uh-huh. it did they use a new actress because I think that uh, it would only make sense if the when he actually like is holding hands with her and whatnot that's just not Charlie that's like another it's Charlie it's Charlie in a like young Laura yeah. Palmer wig that's awesome yeah that's incredible I love that um, mm-hmm. there's a line in here Laura talking over in the woods as I was referring to there and then your uh-huh. Laura disappeared it's just me now I Don't remember the is it, is that
0: in. is that in Firewalk with me, or that is yeah, yeah. she says it to James when she's with James oh, in the woods, right. yeah, which is it, it's really fascinating how that line feels like it has an additional weight to it now that yeah. we're it's like something that's being said to Cooper in a way as well, um because he has this sort of image or conception of like who Laura is and what it means to save her um that is ultimately undermined by whatever ends up happening um yeah so like the recontextualization of that line i thought was fascinating um i think the
2: james and laura scene is so fascinating without music Mm -hmm. um -hmm. because laura yells i love you james and that's when laura's theme is supposed to be blurring but without it, it just feels so raw and just... Mm. Uh, I, like, appreciated that performance, like, that much more.
1: Yeah. Well, it feels like you're not watching a movie anymore. Like, you're actually just walking in on these people's lives. Yeah. Um, we've gone from, like, the cinematic portrayal of Laura's death to, like, this is how it actually happened. There was no there was no beautiful music when it happened. Uh, and, again, speaking of, like, the feeling of the surreal and how the old mixes with the new here... Uh, when Cooper grabs Laura's arm to be like, "I'm gonna get you out of here," and color returns, I felt it's wild. It felt yeah. so yeah. weird.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's intense.
1: Because then you're like, "Wait, the movie wasn't because like the movie was in color. Why are we?" Like <laughs> <laughs> you start doubting your own memory. Um I wrote here yeah. after that moment I said what are we even doing covering this show for the podcast? Who are we to say this? who are we to cover this? Like <laughs> it's just it's just really high um, level. I mean
2: Yeah. Uh, Cooper says we're going home.
3: Yeah.
1: And then does the theme song yeah. kick in first? The key, the uh, Many things happen.
2: Don't the yeah, it, it, yeah it, it kicks in here in the scene. Mm-hmm. working Cooper says we're going home. Uh, and yeah the lore name plays in this. Uh as as we are as we cut to footage from the fucking pilot.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. Laura <laughs> Josie Laura's... Packard in the mirror. Come
2: on. That's the one. Dude. The moment the moment where you see Josie you're like what the fuck
1: is going on? <laughs> I wrong. I felt myself yeah. in peace chat 01 going and the first shot of an iconic series is this. Josie Packard like hums well. and I was like I heard I felt myself being there again. I was like no. Uh-huh. It's all happened. Laura's huh. body crucially disappears from the plastic the outside. It's gone now. Get uh, the electricity's out of there. Yeah. We we still see Pete Martell kiss Catherine uh, on the on the ear, and she doesn't care. She's reading the newspaper, and he goes fishing. And uh, now, hear me out. I'm hearing you. Okay.
2: Cooper saving Laura probably bad. Yeah. Not a great thing. Right. But Pete got to go fishing. So who can, say who can say if what Cooper did was good or bad? Yeah,
0: if we were to balance that on the scales. I mean, you know, it's, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's complex. It's it's hard to decide. Mm-hmm. Who can say? <laughs> Moral gray area. I will say Pete didn't seem happy to be going fishing. He's just sort of
1: trudging along. <laughs>
0: but it's played like he is, like... This is the
2: one moment where it's obvious that they got a random person to dress up as feet and then go fishing, mm-hmm. right? For like two seconds, two second shot of that, mm-hmm. uh, but I liked it. Um, and this this episode is dedicated to the memory of Jack Nance.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, oh, can we tell? Glad, can we tell Michelle the trivia uh, now? By the way, Ryan. What trivia about the glove and who the glove was originally... The, the glove was originally supposed to be wielded by Jack Nance's character by Pete Martel.
2: What Do you the garden this? glove? Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about?
1: There is what? a quote somewhere about the green glove that that was an idea that David Lynch had that was like I can't tell if it was Pete or if it was Jack Nance as a different character was gonna be the one to wield the glove, and then they invented Freddy afterwards.
0: Whoa. No way. What? Can, I can I can go. Jack back Nance, Didn't Jack Nance die a while Jack ago? Jack Nance. No, w- like was dead.
1: This was like an old idea that he had. Green ah. glove. Jack uh. Nance. Uh. What the fuck? Oh, my God. It's real. I had the green glove idea from long ago, and originally Jack Nance was going to wear it, and that would have been a whole different thing. Quote, David, David why
2: did you have this idea for 25 years?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, true story. I thought you knew that. I thought we were going to like drop that on Magellan at some point.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. What the hell? That's Imagining wild. Jack Nance with
1: the glove is so much funnier. Like, Imagine him. Why?
2: Why was David Lynch so attached to this green glove idea?
1: It's hilarious this is the reason why.
3: Oh,
2: my
0: God.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad I got to reveal this to y'all. Wow. God. And then uh, we see all the stuff from there. And, and Sarah Palmer is uh, in her house. We get like a full oh minute. God. We get a full minute of her yelling from the other room.
2: It's so terrifying.
1: Yeah. And you don't even know. Like, if you're not reading the subtitles, which only after, like, 30 seconds, they say Sarah continues to wail. You don't know who it is. You can barely... Re- and then it's like, oh, yeah, that's Sarah. Yep, we're in the Palmer house. I know what's happening here. And she comes into the room, and she sees Laura's homecoming photo and destroys it, and then the footage loops, and she destroys it and undestroys it and destroys it again. And yeah. Sarah is going through the cycles of some sort of grief. But... Uh, it, it definitely
2: it, feels like she's reacting to... What's what happening? Ever yeah. cooper is doing yeah
1: right and and crucially this scene doesn't resolve like she can't finish destroying it and she can't undestroy it that's why the, the footage is like looping back and forth because cooper broke the timeline so it's like well now you can yeah. you don't have there's no catharsis at all anymore um and then yeah i think is there anything else left in this episode before the song
2: well mm-hmm. uh we mm-hmm. go we go back to the forest where laura Oh yeah, uh, disappears. Disappears. And we we hear we hear screaming. the sound. We before Laura disappears, we hear the sound that plays in episode one. Right. Of uh, uh, the gramophone, where when the giant says, "Listen to the sounds," uh, we get that. That's the payoff it's for the, that.
1: It's the Judy sound, right? I guess. I guess. What's
2: the Judy sound?
1: I don't know. I just felt like I know this should be bad, and I've heard it before
2: it's the (laughs) it's the it's the it's a different sound there's only one time there's only one other
0: time it's played
1: which is in episode one
0: yeah and don't we also hear the like (laughs) sound when laura gets like sucked up into the sky in the first episode and she screams i feel like we hear that too
1: maybe maybe
2: yeah we do hear like the curtains like yeah going crazy yeah
0: right Uh. so it's like is this the same moment as that is Laura continuously being sucked away right. somewhere by something, yeah, that's like reclaiming her or, or trapping her or something.
2: Yeah, my interpretation is this is Judy just yeah plucking Laura out of there.
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's how I felt as well. Um, that makes sense. And then and then oh man, fuck, dude, here's a little bit of here's a little bit of good feeling, I guess, uh, but also melancholy.
3: Hmm. Uh,
2: it is an Considering incredible Considering the song. context of the song. Well, yeah. Uh, the song only plays when Cooper fails.
1: Exactly. It's the, <laughs> it's, the, it's the song from episode 14 of the original. It's from Lonely Souls. It's called The World Spins, and it's Julie Cruz looking great, looking fantastic singing in 2017 or whatever. Um,
2: um, the show really takes its time fading the song up. Yeah. It's interesting. Be- it makes it feel like she's coming... Her spirit is, like, in the forest or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, Julie Cruz is just a person, but the way that they frame her and would work with her in this makes it feel like this is not, like, what's real anymore? Like, is she magical? (laughs) Like, what's going on? She's just Mm -hmm. a singer. But it's really um, emotional here. And you get the sense that there is a lot more story to tell. uh, Yeah. Because there is. We get to see what a world without... And the next and part 18 is what would have happened if Laura never was born and everybody just lived their lives and that's all and it's super weird but that's all. <laughs> that's what you thought. Um, no, that's that's what we have. Any, any streamers for part um,
2: 17? Julie Cruz uh, was not happy with uh, how this was done. Really, really. Um, she wasn't happy that the song is shortened and that oh. it immediately goes to credits. I see. when it fades up um and the in the background of this is the chromatics they apparently like did a rearrangement with the chromatics they like oh. worked out all thing and she was upset that it was overdubbed like all the other songs oh. in the show mm-hmm. um overdubbed with the so original all those com-
0: right i see
2: um so all those things combined she wasn't very happy with how it turned out
3: but
0: mm.
2: Which is a bummer, but I I kind of, looking looking at the episode and knowing that we get like thirty minutes of driving in part eighteen, <laughs> I can understand why she would be
0: upset. Yes. So. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like
1: what they choose to spend the next hour with is fascinating and deliberate and for this to be like, oh thirty seconds, through the cruise, thank you bye. It's like, wait, no, what? Mm-hmm. she's a great singer. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> Sheesh, y'all. I don't know if I'm ready.
0: I think we gotta Still. be ready.
1: Okay. Let's steal ourselves and get ready. So we're going to take a break here, I think, based on the yeah. time. Um, and uh, we'll do our regular plugs on. We're not going to do our chat now because we're going to be doing these both um, just to pull the yeah. current back. We're going to record them back to back and release them separately as we've decided. But we'll do our chat at the end of part 18. So uh, let's go to plugs. Ryan, where can people find you on the online?
2: You can find me at bluestrose430.
1: Fantastic. Thank you. And I'll do the plugs on this time, Magellan, if you don't mind. Cool. Sounds good. You can email us questions, comments, concerns over at chatspod at gmail.com. That's C-H-A-T-C-P-O-D at gmail.com. Our Twitter account is at chatspod. We have all sorts of exciting updates about the show over there. We have a subreddit, r slash chatspod. And if you like our show, please consider rating it on Apple Podcasts or your podcast platform of choice. And most crucially, we have our Patreon, where we put out a lot of bonus content. It's patreon.com slash chatspod. And if you'd like to support us over there, we have different tiers at $1, 3 and $5 a month that get you all sorts of bonus stuff. For example, if you're a $5 patron, you get to be thanked at the end of a Main feed episode every week. Uh, and our current $5 patrons include Arthur, Jen, Magellan's Mom, Marcus, Nick and Pat of the Brothers at Infinite Celestial War, Fendon, Six, and Stefan. Thank you very much for supporting the show. All things ChatSpot can be found at chatspot.com. We recently updated the site to include show pages for everything up to and including peace chats, as well as a link to all of our chat sums for the entire series ever. Um, and if you noticed our really rad podcast art, it was done by Camilla who's found at Camilla Illustrator on all of the social media platforms. She's fantastic. And so is our podcast art. Thank you to Ryan and to Magellan. Now is not the time for me to make funny jokes at the end of the episode. Thank you for listening to Peace Chats. Damn fine podcast? (laughs) Question mark?
0: (laughs) See you at the curtain call.